International. Hey guys, welcome to Leading the Blind. Oh wait, let me try to... Hey, blind... It's just never going to happen here. Actually, I want to start again. Do you have anything? Any blind... Blind O's. Blind O's? Okay, I'm... Yeah, but at least it's something for me to try. All right, all right, all right. Hey, blind O's. Someone told me to try that. Uh, we, we still have nothing. Hey, write us. Uh, it, first of all, welcome to Leading the Blind. Uh, and then write us an email if you have an idea for a name uh, for you, you, you blind Roonies. Uh, it's leadingtheblindpodcast at gmail.com. And I think you're going to enjoy today's episode because it's with Lisa Delario, who everybody loves. And she had uh, great things to say. We talked a lot about how uh, all the all the years that she lived in New York and did stand up and um, going in and out of doing stand up and and just life, mm, life. Uh, and she's a delight. And this episode was a delight. So enjoy. Point. Because the thing is, OK, so you don't have a wiener. Right. Uh, yeah. Correct. Yeah, that's true. Okay. We well, don't have, <laughs> you know, so putting a condom on your erect penis yeah. oftentimes discourages the erection, the erectness of yeah. said penis. Wait, are you saying it's harder to have anal with a condom or harder to have it without a condom? It's harder with. to, it's harder with. Oh, I thought you were saying because, the other but, way. Because it, of the slowdown, the but, sort of ruining uh, the mood. The same well, reason. Well, no, just because it's just uh, like a addition of bad velocities like it's like so uh, it's already harder with a condom plus anal sex is hard so it's double hard you're now. saying you're saying because Diff- like oh, let's just use the word difficult right yeah. it is confusing <laughs> the subject so so tumescent <laughs> I meant tumescent but are you saying because <laughs> because Friendship anal sex is kind of awkward and you have to get in that moment of like I'm gonna fuck you in the ass and so if you what I thought you were saying <laughs> as opposed to otherwise why is it any different than uh, anal sex because the butthole yeah is not uh, am I using that word right? Butthole? Yeah. The butthole is not as accepting. You're saying because, oh, you're saying because it might take a while to shove it in. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. You got to, you got to get, you got to get hard. You got to put the con, open the condom, put the condom yeah, on and just start poking it until. your penis into like, like a, th- a thing that is not accepting. You right. might as well just, just be just hitting a to, wall with your penis. Aren't you just supposed to, Wait. you know shove it in there in a we don't talk about this with every guest by the way so are we on you yeah. probably <laughs> yeah I think, I think so <laughs> is oh, this yeah, thing yeah. on oh it's like your joke is yeah. this thing on also <laughs> <laughs> tap, tap, tap penises <laughs> um well, I'm so glad that you're here, Lisa. I Thank think Jared you. was just trying I'm so to glad to be here. Sorry, yeah. I just think I think Jared was trying to brag about how big his penis is. No, not at all. Not at all. Because it's so hard it's to so get small. it into those tiny little buttholes. No, no. Some, you know. Let's get. Ethan's let's talk about Lisa. Ethan's right. going <laughs> to cut all that out because. He okay. Um, hey, Lisa. Hey. Yeah, that's good, huh? Yeah. So how you doing? Smooth jazz. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's Ariel's good at the NPR and a guest hire. 
voice. I feel like Lisa has the better has the better mic for that. Or I don't know. Maybe it's just well, right my, now my your cold. voice is kind of fucked I don't up know. Too. Yeah. But your voice sounds cool. It's kind of throaty. Yeah. Throatier than normal. I feel like it's taken a turn um, for less good. For a couple of days, I had that. You know, when Phoebe on that episode of Friends is like has the cold, and then she's sultry. Do you know this episode? No. She and then she loses. Everyone's like, "Oh, your voice is sexy," and then she and then she loses the cold, and then she's like licking people who get sick. Like she's licking their cups to try to get. Sick she wants them. that sexy sound back. Mm-hmm. So you you, look, you watch Friends? <clears throat> I've seen many episodes. Okay. Well, There's nothing wrong with that. It's, it's Jared is a classist. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he thinks that Friends is for poor people. No, I think it's for unfunny people. <laughs> Friends, Friends, is a, Friends was a very funny. I have to show. admit, there would there. There's I will some, laugh occasionally out of Friends. There's some corn in those turds. I'll There's give you that. Some corn yeah, in those there's turds. A few, a little bit. Um, you, how much did you watch Friends? <laughs> no, actually, it was in the periphery a lot. Like my parents would yeah, watch you have stuff to like be that. watching it. Like there's a lot well, of I, good stuff. I think I watched it a lot for a person that hated it. I feel like that. I I don't know. You Phoebe know. makes me laugh, and mostly Phoebe, to be honest. But what was well, I mean at the time it was okay, and I don't remember. It was only later on that I was like, this kind of fucking sucks. It was in Iraq that I learned to hate it hmm. because for whatever reason, guys would guy they would get like. DVD box sets of Friends, and I just it did mm. not. So this sounds to me like all. a personal problem. Well, yeah, it's I mean, I can see how a box set might be a turn off. Too much Friends. <laughs> too, too much. Too TMF. many Friends. TMF. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, hey Lisa. Um, yeah. Hey. How, how are you doing? How, how are things hey. right now? What were you just doing before here? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, well, I got stuck in. Well, I was in a little bit of traffic, but that's no big surprise. Oh, Five o'clock coming here Mm -hmm. yeah and my phone battery died Mm -hmm. as i was telling you and i just uh, i had to quick i had to think quick and i saw an ihop and i pulled in and got some pancakes an ihop at five in the afternoon (laughs) off of i-35 is it busy street no is it like really i I love them now it was very unbusy and very unclean i went I went. They don't even bother cleaning no, it. No, don't even bother. Not on Sixth Street. The no. Sixth Street. Oh, on Sixth. There's an IHOP. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it Sixth Street or is it like off Caesar Chavez? Or yeah, in, somewhere. I, yeah, somewhere well, over one, there. It's in the, the dirty region. Rainy, there's one near Rainy Street. I think that's it's that one. one. It's yeah. the one near Rainy Street. Here's, I'll tell you about class. I actually think I like them now. The IHOPs. IHOPs. Because we went sounds recently. Sounds like hipsterism. No, to not me, at all. Then. No, it was quite yeah, the ironic. Quite the opposite. I know she wants to make me this other character, but here's the thing. I went. I went. Um, like eight or nine months ago uh, it was when Taylor was doing that mic at, on Rainy Street Taylor Dowdy Taylor Dowdy for and uh, for the that don't also don't know him but <laughs> but anyway uh, we went to I hop and I I just it struck me like everything in Austin is so hipstered it's so like artisan and specific and and individualized and everything I remember thinking this is it's so refreshing mm-hmm. to just have a little bit of middle America that's how right I felt in. coming that, uh, like after I lived in New York for a year and then I came to Dallas I was like oh there is something refreshing about like suburban bullshit yeah oh yeah I, I didn't know you lived time. in New York mm-hmm. well, you I'm an in? interesting person yep. you sure are look but at these layers you're on the fold <laughs> you're in Austin now though I'm in Austin now. That's yeah. true. Yeah, most of the time. Most of the time. But, I also uh, lived in New York for like 15 years, and yeah. I knew you were cool, right? Come on now. That's Come what on that now. Is. What Got ages were those? 
ages. What what age range? What ages were those fifteen years? What do you of? mean? Like how, how old, old was I? I? Yeah. Guys the on goal, the air. The Come on. <laughs> you know that's my uh, that's my special secret. You don't, you don't have to tell <laughs> us my age list. my ageless quality. Uh, I prove these questions. I, I was mean, there for uh, you know the m- most of the twenties and mm-hmm. oh. some of the thirties. Did you like it? Most of the 30s. <laughs> uh, but, well, I would, you know, I, of course, I loved a lot of things about New York, but I really grew weary of mm. the difficulty. And that's, like, I, ne- like, just walking into a giant grocery store mm-hmm. out, you know, when you oh, get yeah. into the burbs, it mm-hmm. just... There's it was like something paradise. Mm-hmm. Like and relaxing. Even though like, you know, my soul is like, this is messed up. Right. Like, why do we have all this unnecessary, you know, processed food? But the convenience after the tiny grocery con- stores yeah. that are overpriced in New York and And everyone's just, elbowing yeah. or just yeah. Trader Joe's in New York. It's like I used to work at the Trader Joe's in Brooklyn, actually. Oh my so. gosh. Yeah. It's uh yeah, at least it wasn't the Union Square one. That one's a nightmare. The U- I used to have a one joke Trader about Joe's? the Union Square in one. Brooklyn. There's a Trader Joe's right in the heart of Manhattan in Union Square, and it's like it's a nightmare. It's an it's wall to wall, but it, the prices are so right, it's mm-hmm. worth it. <laughs> so whenever I, you know, and in New York City, you're like, you know, I'll, I'll, I will stand in line to get a two dollar loaf of organic bread. And so you get, you just kind of have to get mentally prepared. It's like the Soviet Union. Yeah, it is <laughs> a lot like the Soviet Union, the Trader <laughs> Joe's at Union Square. And like, there is a person that works at Trader Joe's that has, has holds a giant sign that says front end of, of the line. line. Or end of line in front of line. Yeah. And that's basically right when you walk in the store is the end of the line. Sometimes it does go out the door. It's yeah. The lines to, to pay for your groceries can go out onto the sidewalk. all the way through the store. So you're not only dodging the mean people who are like trying to get their groceries, but then there's the line on the other side some people are still wearing headphones and, and oh. you're just like and then there's yeah. people wheeling stuff past you and, and then there's the old ladies mm-hmm. and one time i got stuck behind 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 an elderly we'll an elderly shopper <laughs> you know and she's just you know oblivious and she's looking at the nutritional content on a can and and i'm waiting patiently behind her and this woman is like inching behind me with her cart like getting really impatient and she's like you have to be aggressive <laughs> yeah. that's what she said to me and so that I turned around and punched her in the face <laughs> <laughs> and I said what like did, that what did she expect you to do? just like <laughs> yeah. grab a can of soup and beat that old lady yeah. or something like that yeah that was my joke by the way I just yeah. told no, a I, joke I, acting like it was, wasn't a joke no, but that was a joke <laughs> but I told once nice. <laughs> so I, I don't seamless I'm, yeah seamless <laughs> wait See? so then where are you from I'm from Dallas. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Dallas isn't. Yeah. Yeah. You're from Dallas? No, I went to college in Dallas. I'm sorry. Yeah. I know. I had, no one told me. I didn't know, I didn't know any better. <laughs> to be fair, Lisa was raised there. You like immigrated. I mean, I was from Houston. It's like not any, oh, you know. Also. I, know when, I didn't know anything, you know? Well, I actually wasn't raised. I was born in Dallas, but I was kind of raised in Tyler, guys. Even weirder. Yeah. Weird. Weird. Tyler on the outskirts of That's Tyler. A boy's name. I it's not know. even a place. But only a boy that talks like this. <laughs> Tyler. So, so Jesse. Henry. Tyler. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what brought you to New York? Oh gosh, just it, uh, crazy. Just a impulsive young 
decision. I used my college money yeah. to, my parents were kind of getting the, the D-I-V-O-R-C-E and it, and it just, I think that kind of was like, divorce. I don't, yes. And divorce. I just didn't want to say it. <laughs> <laughs> it, would sound, it felt like it wouldn't be as sad sounding if I yeah. spelled it I, out. I understand. You were being uh, sensitive this is a comedy our, show. It's our children listeners. I'm fine now. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't, I knew I didn't want to stick around for the aftermath. I didn't want to, so I was, and, and, and I had taken a comedy class in New York. <laughs> cool. Before you moved At there? At the new school. Mm-hmm. I went to visit and... I, my friend, and so I took a comedy class, and at the culmination of the class, I performed at the comic strip. Oh, cool! And I, I'm sure I bombed, but I thought I did pretty well. Yeah. And and so that kind of I, I got the bug, and well, so that was my plan was to move to New York and do comedy. How'd that go? Be away from my parents, splitting up, and but I really don't think it was about comedy so much at the time. I think it was more about just doing something that would just like be adventurous. scary. Yeah. I think it was about overcoming fear and that seemed like the thing. Was that a that you I, thing that you were just usually a person that like bungee jumped and did crazy shit or were you no. like, ah, so this was like, I got to not be, I'm ruled yeah. by fear to yeah. New York. I'm going to go. You and, nailed it. Yeah. yeah. I think I was sh- super shy. I was kind of socially awkward, but I was funny around my friends, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. And, and I, so I knew, but I didn't ever have theater in school or anything like that. Cause I mean, I was in East Texas. I didn't, I was in the work program, which means you got out of school at noon and work. you report to your job <laughs> yeah. and that was part of your grade. Oh wow. Yeah. I worked at Sally beauty supply. That was oh, part nice. of my high school education. Yeah. Sally beauty supply. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let, let me tell you that my first job after I got out of the army was Cosmoprof, which is a subsidiary of Sally's beauty supply. A little bit. What's hot, it called? Uh, Cosmoprof. So, uh, so I've Sally's beauty supply is retail. Yeah. Uh, Cosmoprof sells wholesale to beauticians. Oh, so you nice. have to have a license to come in to get a big thing of shampoo, a lot of color. And that was a so job. Many. I, I look like Charles Manson when I had that job. It was ridiculous. Every every girl <laughs> uh, that worked there looked like you for the most part, you know, like a petite, beautiful woman. And then it was me <laughs> with a huge beard and long hair. Oh. I was like born on the 4th of July. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, that's got sulfates in it. You don't want any of that. Yeah, so, well. so what? How? What didn't have sulfates in there? Like that? The that, that was so much toxic really, stuff I, in that yeah. store. <laughs> and yeah. by the way, I didn't. I looked like Fred Savage from the Wonder Years when I was growing <laughs> up. Like I did not. I was not a beautiful woman working at Sally Beauty Supply. <laughs> I just had to project you earlier. I don't that's know. sweet, but you, <laughs> <laughs> Charles Manson. <Yeah>. So <laughs> that's funny. That's kind of why I moved to New York too, though. Like, yeah, you just got to get out. Well, and if you've been living in wherever in Texas for, yeah. you know, and it's like let's go see the world and learn things and do something. Yeah. So you did you start doing comedy as soon as you got there? Or? I did pretty much, yeah. I started. Uh, uh, I started going to open mics, and I think the first thing I went to was a, a bringer show at New York mm. New York Comedy Club. Mm-hmm. And we don't have those here. Thank goodness. That's scary. Yeah. When will they just? All, I mean, I think they still have them in New York, and there's probably one in Boston that I remember. <sighs> Should we explain what bringer shows are oh, to the a, audience? That's a good point. I mean, really th- at least the one in Boston, you only had to bring two people. There's somewhere you even have to bring more. But then it's like you get those people to come, and then they got to buy two drinks and the and the buy the ticket and everything. But and so bringers, you, well, let me vent. Let me oh. see. No, I, I sorry. I th- go ahead. No, I mean, I, th- I mean, I think it's and if you want to perform, you have to bring people. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, you you have to. Well, there were the shows where you would have to just bring your friends. Or sometimes I would bark. But they had to be your friends? Like, that, are, are you guys really friends? You had to hire actors to pretend to be your friends. And That's what I did. Uh, Take out a Craigslist ad. For some, for some comedians, that would be easier. They pro- people friends. probably should have done more Craigslist ads than, than barking. Because even when I Absolutely. lived in New York, like people are still barking at Times Square. And, oh, and it's just like, so depressing. it'd probably be easier to just also, do some what, Craigslist. What kind of agendaless pedestrians are subject to barking anyway? They, Tourists. Tourists. They, they don't, don't know, know any better. Oh. They don't. Yeah. <laughs> oh, screaming at me? Oh, I'll go in there. Comedy yeah. show. And, and and these people, if you don't know anyone in New York and you don't know any better, you're walking around like, okay, so I'm going to see these sites. Like, I'm supposed to have a time here. I'm supposed are, to do are, something. Are you mm-hmm. telling me that if I go in that bar, I can get $7 fireball shots? You're telling me that, right? I'm going in there now. Well, That's you don't know. They probably think- say, like... Chris Rock might yeah, drop exactly, in. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly. what they. They're, they're You're thinking. I've heard that people drop in. Mm-hmm. This is where famous. You may as well go to a Planet yeah. Hollywood, but they don't know. But this yeah. isn't just that. This is also. I just mean the mere concept, like walking down Sixth Street and just having a bouncer scream at me. It was like, who does this work for? Well, yeah, it tells it's, me that I don't want to go in there. Yeah. But yeah. sometimes there are. I mean, I've barked at first shows before where you're like, this actually, you might have a good time here, or like at the sure. Velveeta Room, people yeah. would have a good time. But yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, Michael Park does bring them in there and 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 i think the same thing happens on sixth street people they're like this is where you go when you come to austin yeah. and that's my crowd the confused and it's weird tourists. because most <laughs> of it <laughs> i think most tourists are confused yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and most of sixth street is nonsense you know it's yeah oh let's drink specials and you walk in and it's an empty bar and you're like okay i guess i could pay a dollar fifty per cheap liquor sugar drink it's so but, sad when there are good places down there and there right. are good places and it's like i don't want to go right. through that hieronymus bosch painting right <laughs> well and people who don't want to be like naive tourists are going to just say no to everything yeah and it, well, then why are you on sixth street in the first place but or you could go over to clearport across the street from the velveta room that place i don't know it looks like is a, that that club that, that always a, with yeah. the the base and the mm-hmm. it looks like a just like a uh, storage shed yeah. turned rave club. <laughs> I'm sure sexy people are having a good oh, time. Yeah. There are some super sexy people in there no waiting in line. So you did bring, bring your shows, shows in New York. <laughs> bring our shows. Yeah, I did those. Who'd you uh, bring for your first open mic? Well, I think, uh, well, I don't know. You know what the, what the New York comedy club did? I remember they, they had you come and do an, quote audition mm. and then they called you and they're like we like you now you come to our bringer show and you're like yes I made it so the audition uh, was in front of them yeah or like no audience but it's like a scam I'm trying to remember it, I mean it's not really a scam it's just, it's just a way a for them to make money yeah you know? they're just they but they try to make it seem more important to these new comics yeah and and I fell for it I could just see what, so yeah. does everyone pass the audition is that what you're saying I'm pretty yeah. sure yeah, yeah like if you've got friends to bring to a bringer show you passed the audition you pass yeah and and so I did that I don't remember I had like three friends and in New York I had a couple of friends and yeah. and they quickly you know your fourth bringer show they're not your they, friends they're like they've yeah. been brought at that point point. and, and you're wanna. putting them through not only your right. bad beginner comedy but all these other bad beginner yeah. comedy yeah. 
it's bad. Yeah, it's really taxing to your friendship. I didn't want to do it in the first place. Like, I'm glad Austin doesn't have that because, like, I brought like two people to the first open mic and then never again. Yeah, not to yeah. Open it's mics. kind of an outdated thing, mm-hmm. really. Uh, yeah, and and the barking I did in Times Square at this place called Hamburger Harry's. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, the comedy was in the in the back room of a hamburger restaurant, and this woman named Gladys, Gladys, <laughs> she was the host and. Uh, she would bring me up. She'd be like, this next girl, I love her. Her name's Lisa Delario. So her last name, is, that's what my name should be because her name means of the rivers and because my period lasts for so long. <laughs> <laughs> but I think she would say the setup before she would say my name. She, this next lady, her, her name in Spanish means of the rivers. That's yeah. great. This, yeah. it's, pretty good. it's really a great joke. I should use it. Yeah, I bet should. every intro... My name means of the rivers in Spanish. <laughs> Every intro, she found a way to mention her, her period. Really her period. River, Meanwhile, she's like way like postmenopausal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's still going on for some reason. I wonder where Gladys is. Oh, she's Gladys, are you, if you okay. hear this podcast, <laughs> yeah, let it, please email us. What is it? Lead the blind Gmail. I don't. We'll yeah. have to. Yeah. Do you remember? Right. No, I've got it written down. Okay. Well, yeah. leading the blind podcast at gmail.com. It'll be in the episode. We'll either come we'll to us or somebody else who took that name first for some reason. And what's the original um, concept? I mean, what's the concept of your of leading the blind? Guys? So we wanted to have We're a gonna, podcast. You're going to know in a second. That's, <laughs> it's it's kind of. Uh, I mean, the simplest way to say it is about uh, getting advice for comedy careers. Oh. Um, but it, uh, everyone sometimes. We'll ask actual questions about um, comedy uh, career adv- advice specifically or even comedy writing advice specifically but sometimes it's helpful just to be like what's your life like what's your life been like to lead to where you are because like who nobody do you think knows. you are you know no, that no, <laughs> nobody knows what any I feel like I feel like most of us don't have any idea the scope of anybody else's life or what opportunities they've had or how they got anything or whatever. So that's true. I'm just trying to lay out people's lives a little mm-hmm. bit like, who are we? You yeah. know, and yeah. what, what the fuck? So, and you've been doing comedy now for at least 15, 20 years then, right? Let's just say 15. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> kind of round I the mean, edges off. I've had some, I've had some stops and starts. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, like going strong for a period and then, maybe I'm going to be a social worker and then and I would I did that a lot in the beginning I, I couldn't like just admit that I really wanted to do comedy that that was kind of a priority to can, me can I ask do you when you go back and you think about those stops and I want to ask a little bit about them but do you feel like I I needed to take that break and it's good that I took that break or do you think ah, it would have been better if I just like powered through because I think a lot of people are thinking have other goals in mind, like in the in the comedy world, and they they wonder about that. That's a good question. It's hard to say, you know. Hindsight, twenty twenty in hindsight. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's hard to say because I I I kind of I feel like I'm a late bloomer, and and I don't know if I'd gone in a different direction. I don't know where I'd be now. I mean, if I had just hardcore buckle down and not gotten distracted in the beginning uh, uh, I'd say you know career wise I'd probably be uh, I'd probably be a stronger comic by now I'd be a much more I would probably be yeah I, I think if I hadn't gone down those side roads mm-hmm. 
I'm not, I, but I wouldn't say I'm a, I would be a happier person, what? but I would say that cause that's, yeah. we, sometimes we forget that's, that's, Part, that's, that's kind of the point, of, the point of any of it. But and I, I mean, I personally feel like I, you know, I started super late, you know, right. but I kind of feel like I couldn't have started earlier. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times there's like, the, you know, there's right. this feeling where you imagine, Oh, if I had started doing this at 12, yeah, I had been like yeah. the little girl that you see that was on like Stand Up Empire, never, but I don't think it's realistic. I don't. Yeah, think you're yeah, and you, you do never the know. best. Yeah, because if I had started when I was seventeen or twenty or whatever, you might be straight. <laughs> I might be straight. I yeah, feel you, like you I probably easy, would, but be I easily could have gotten addicted to drugs mm-hmm. or something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Something where you're it's not more, too late. Yeah, and I you know <laughs> still could happen, but uh, I think about you know starting when I did, and I'm the experiences I've I've had and the people in my life who like protect me a lot from that. And I mean that's just I mean that's one example. I mean we all could have killed ourselves, you know. But like that is something specific where I'm like, oh, I really might have gotten uh, quite into drugs starting stand up had I done it at a younger time. So but, this yeah. is all just to say if you're older now, don't, you know, give up hope or kill yourself because you haven't started comedy yet. If that's your dream, just do it now. Uh, yeah, age yeah. age doesn't matter with comedy. It really doesn't. If you're good, you're good. Yeah. What, yeah. what pulled you back in, by the way? Because you you have you mm. know, you took some time off, but then were you like drawn back into it or was it almost like accidental or what happened? Oh, we haven't even gotten to the point where she stopped yet. Yeah, I mean, oh, I wouldn't a, say I wouldn't say I ever officially stopped. Sure. I um, I went back to school for uh, two years. And when and was that? That age? was a couple, That was about five years ago. Okay. And you went to school in New York, or in New York? And I I had lived here already before. Mm-hmm. But th- that's too complicated. I mean, I've moved around so many times. <laughs> okay. uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I went to school and that kind of, I was working and going to school and I just had to stop doing comedy. But the whole time I was going to school t- for occupational therapy because I decided I need a way that I can always make money no matter what. And But in the back of my mind, it was I'm going to get this degree to do occupational therapy so that I can support myself to do comedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it always is in it. It always was in the back of my mind. And then, and so then I graduated and I started going back out and doing shows again. And I was making, you know, I was able to, I got a job and I was working and it was fine. And then, but it was all, you know, it's always hard. It's just, it's, it's always, it's always difficult. And you yeah. go through those phases where you have, you know, a bad set and, you're just you want to give up and yeah well, how was it in the beginning when, you know at these bringer shows at these weird shows in in mics in New York were you doing pretty well early on was it just shitty audiences or did you bomb a lot um i i did plenty of bombing and i did a lot of open mics and then i mean i did have some i did have some I had I had raw potential. I had a lot of raw. I was young, and I and I and I had you know I had some manager interested in working with me, and I didn't know what to do with that. <laughs> and I you know actually I wouldn't say I fired him, but I said to him because I felt so insecure about the whole thing because I was like in my head I was like, well, what can he do for me that I can't do for myself at this point? Because I'm brand new. I just need to become a better comic. And he got me on Luna Lounge, which mm-hmm. was the was the first kind of alternative comedy show on the Lower East Side. That was like 
where, you know, Mark Marin and Janine Garofalo and all the, and so I, you know, I was able to get on that show and, um, but, uh, yeah, I just kind of felt like he, a manager is someone who helps you develop into, you know, helps you grow and to, you, and mm-hmm. move your career in a direction that you want it to go. And he was pretty hands off. So I just kind of, I felt, I just felt insecure about the whole thing. So I called him and I said, Hey, let's just, go we'll just the change. Whole thing off. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Go so, our separate so I mean, and I don't know what would happen. I mean, I don't want to say his name, but he's a very, Big time manager. So, as a, as a principal, oh, when you when you think, uh, do, you, <clears throat> do you sort of agree with earlier Lisa that it was you should have spent more time just trying to develop and worry about that stuff later? You feel like I should have. Oh, if I could go back and talk to earlier Lisa, I'd say just keep him. Like, why, why would not? you just keep him and work your butt off? Yeah. And but I I had a lot of like inner demons I had to kill before I could really except that this was something I wanted and that I could do it. I think, because I used to say, I used to go around and say, because all my friends were like, this is what I want, this is what I want. And I was like, eh, you know, I could take <laughs> it or leave it. I, I chose this sort of identity that I wasn't an ambitious person. Mm-hmm. I see. And I don't know, you know, fear. where in my childhood that comes from. Yeah. It's, but this fear of failure thing, if, like, if you say that you want it, then if you don't get it, then that's embarrassing. I think you're right. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm pretty yeah. sure that's I mean, it. That's just there's also, there's also a mm-hmm. threshold for that. Yeah, I guess we can all relate to that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's also, I mean, really ambitious people can be annoying too. True. So I guess I didn't uh, want to be that person. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I think really, yeah. people that are afraid to have ambition are annoying, and people who are real like the only thing they think about is whether or not like their success quotient. That's annoying. So I could see going a little far and rejecting that a little bit. Yeah, and I had a me. lot of interests. I always yeah. had a lot of things I was interested in. So I was kind of like, who's to say this is the thing? And because I started so young and I didn't really go to college, yeah. like I. I kind of didn't do the whole college thing. I I did a little community college before I moved to New York, but you know, it was really just me growing up. Mm-hmm. That was me starting comedy was me growing up and that was I made great friends that are still my dear friends <laughs> today and most of them do comedy. That's that's something I I don't know if I envy or not, but I'll never know what that's like. Because I, I to have friends. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that was on my face. I should have. That was. Uh, <laughs> there, there. Uh, no, no. It's hey. I have. Uh, I know people. You have more friends than I do. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm just nice to people. But it, you're it, so it, popular. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, but but uh, no. Except but for I, that dog thing. I, I can, uh, <laughs> Lisa, by the way, came up to me at Velvet. She said a very nice thing to me. She did not have to say. I told That's everybody because that. Lisa is a nice person. She really is, which you I want to get to too. On. No, totally. I actually want to ask you about that. But I was <laughs> thinking about that in the shower. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not asking about your personality. Hold on, yeah. on Jared. Um, but I, I can't grow up in comedy. That's not a thing that I can have. Some huh. people do, I, and I, 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 at some point, I feel bad for for the kids that are going through that. I'm friends with now, where it's like, man, you got to figure out what you even think about it the world. It seems strange. Why, whereas, yeah. but, you know, but at the same time, that's that's you know yeah that's a path for a lot of successful comedians have Mm -hmm. taken uh yeah i don't know it almost seems like well at least i would like to tell myself the story that 
maybe it gives me a different perspective not having started until I was 27 that I can br- then bring to the table but I'm also just trying to comfort myself and 27 is very young it's by the younger way. than it's... you know poor Jared yeah. <laughs> or some of these that, that's actually my intro like poor Jared McCorkle I guess <laughs> but, but I but the, you know when you say like I'm just trying to make myself feel better I, hmm. but that presupposes that you're right about it being bad that you started later. I'm not saying it's presupposed. It. I'm just saying I mean, like I'm also trying to make it's who who can say. Yeah. How long have you been doing comedy, Erin? So just over three years. I mean, that's amazing. You're so good. And I'm not just oh, saying that. You. Like you're so good. And <laughs> I think if you had started earlier, it would just be unfair to everyone. <laughs> really. And I have like <laughs> that's too much. I have to say, when I when I see these young these youngsters in doing it's comedy youngins. in Austin, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm like blown away. It's the yeah. stage time, I think. There, uh, there is, yeah, that's what's unfair is Austin's stage time. Maybe that's it. And, you know, maybe that I didn't have that. I'm, no, I'm going to start. That's why it's taken me so long to be. <laughs> no, but starting in New York, that's brutal. You know, especially back then. I mean, I think yeah. it's a little bit better now. Yeah, it wasn't. Um, it, there wasn't. It just wasn't what it is now yeah, back then. There's the, a ton of the, open the now there that you can. Yeah, but in the 90s, I mean. Is it more abiding now than it used to be? more biting abiding like of of growth or whatever because you know you hear oh. horror stories about how hard it was I think it there wasn't there wasn't anything but the clubs back then yeah, yeah. when I started there was the clubs there yeah. wasn't there weren't rooms there wasn't you know if you went to an open mic it was at five o'clock at the New York Comedy Club or three o'clock sign up at Stand Up New York and, mm-hmm. and I mean, you had to like you know kiss kiss the club owner's butt uh, there's got to be a cooler way to say that. <laughs> you had to butter him up. But kiss the own, the yeah. manager to get state. You know, glad hand, glad hand. Yeah, yeah. Brown note, whatever. Yeah. That's anyway. Good. So ass back kiss. to yeah, ass Sorry. kiss, ass kiss is but yeah, that just would have that felt weird coming. But, but yeah, now I think people have started. It, it looks more like uh, our scene does in that way. And I think you know, <coughs> describing it's not that long ago, and I think that we're witnessing this weird change in comedy mm-hmm. generally because the same story is the story here where there used to be two clubs in one other place. Honestly, I think the entire country ch- started really changing five to seven years ago. Like, there, this shift began. But even five years ago, because I'm, I I think about what I saw in New York, Boston, what I've seen around the country here. Like, there's just so much. To, I think there people had this idea for a long time that it was supposed to be brutal. Like, that's just part of it. It has mm-hmm. to be. And we're finding, like, no, I mean, if you give people the opportunity, like, to get on stage in front of crowds, they'll just get better and better at comedy. Yeah. You that's, doesn't have to, you don't have to be miserable. Yeah. And hate yourself and, and ask kiss and, you know. Damn it. Wait in line <laughs> for three hours. Yeah. The yeah, one, the one mean, thing that we probably don't have is. I think Karina mentioned it on here, which is probably not a bad, I mean, you know, but that we're not as appreciative for the time we do get. And I think mm-hmm. it really can be. I think you can try to have it in your mind, but she was talking about how, like, uh, this is the biggest the open mic scene has mm-hmm. ever gotten. And if it contracted a bit and you had to kind of fight to get on certain mics, that might be better for the attitude around here. Mm-hmm. Um, that might be true overall, for some people, but I yeah, think, yeah. well, that, and that's another thing about having started later is that, like I feel uh, is this fire under my ass is that even a saying I feel like mm-hmm. you're saying yeah, that's yeah. definitely okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. okay because partly because I want to have kids you know and I'm like 
oh, I'm using that stage time. Yeah. You know what I mean? And if some of these younger people, yeah, I do get the sense they're like, that are 24 or whatever they are who are like, yeah, okay, man, this is fun and I'm drinking and doing drugs. And I'm, if, But for those people who want it, I don't need the scene to contract because no, if you want to, if you But you were elsewhere. Hmm. You saw that it's not like that. What do you mean? Well, another. One, I'm saying you. This is you didn't. This is not the only place you've been. Yeah. So you had some perspective about like, well, there's a lot of stage time. I feel like if you started comedy here, but in Boston there was also a lot of stage time. Oh, okay. So just generally, okay. Yeah. yeah sure. But I mean, even the way some people were using it there, uh, you know, I felt that way of like, why are you doing the same set over and over? I don't understand why you're not changing these jokes, especially when it's only comics in the room who are watching you. What are you getting out of this? Yeah. And I was always just like, I don't because. I, I, 27 might be young compared to some people but it still felt like oh man you know you hear all these people whether it's comedy or anything where they started when they were you know like Bill Hicks or whoever you know they started when they were 16 or 14 or 18 and you're like oh man like but that doesn't always mean that you're going to be one of the greats yeah. by the time you're you know yeah. it's it's you know just working at it and yeah. which is what you're doing Right. Anyway. What, what made you start comedy, or when well, yeah, was there something? Well, i i wanted I wanted to do comedy forever, and it was one of those things I kind of ran away from. And I did start for a moment when I was twenty three, and I lived in Orlando. I actually, went to a couple open mics, and then I was already planning on moving to New York. And so then I did, I did one open mic there, and then I basically quit for four years. Um, because that open mic was so shitty right. that it, it literally it just turned me off to the point where um, I lived in Boston for about three years before I started finally doing it and at that point I had a sugar mom and I didn't have to have another job and a, nice. a friend of mine took a class um, and it so I was just like I'll just take my this class to force myself to do it and then as soon as I was doing it I was you know I was like oh, okay well now this is my life and then I left that woman eventually. <laughs> it's a classic story. Yeah. I mean, besides the sugar, I mean, maybe for some. You know, some of us need um, complete, like, I don't know. I had a sugar, I had a sugar, sugar daddy for a minute. <laughs> Do you still have his number? Is he looking? <laughs> is he looking is he for hiring? gay men? Yeah. I'll find out. A lot of I'm things gonna find out. He could be bisexual. We don't know. <laughs> anyway. But the stopping and the, the sort of. Uh, it's scary. It's so it's a it's such a scary thing. And then when you stop, it's so hard to get over that hump and start again. But yeah, right? it's that sunk cost kind of thing where you're like, well, I mean, I don't know how it was for you if you'd been doing it for a while. For me, I'd literally done three or four open mics, but um, that feeling of like, oh, I should have kept doing it. So now that I didn't, maybe my I'm supposed to do something else with my life. You know what I mean? Or else mm -hmm. I should have just been doing it this whole time. So that's yeah. just foolish thinking. Can, so. can we, um, I don't ask this question a lot. Um, in a lot of ways it feels like too generic, but I think it's appropriate now, which is uh, what do you, because especially in terms of taking time off, what do you like about doing comedy? Like what, what sticks out in your head is like, that's what I really needed to get back to or, or something like that. I know you didn't take a formal period off, but I mean like when you started like really going at it again with more commitment, was there a particular aspect that you're like, I have to do this. I have to, was it like the writing or being on stage or hmm, being I in the green room or whatever? <laughs> you know what I think for me, <clears throat> and actually I moved back to Austin for comedy it's so funny because it's just, it's a total opposite of most people. Like yeah. I was in New York living in the city and I was like I need to get on stage more I'm moving to Austin that's great and uh, I decided that because I'm I haven't 
I haven't really enjoyed doing comedy all these years because yeah. I never felt like I got to a point where I was enjoying, my, where I was consistently, um, uh, I guess I just didn't feel like I was r- kind of tapping into my p- potential. Sure. Um, and, and maybe because I kept stopping and starting. And, and I, so I felt compelled to keep doing it but I wasn't really enjoying it. I was dreading it. I would feel bad after I performed because I was like, why aren't I better? And, yeah. Um, a, I mean, it's, diff, it's difficult not to feel that way, I think, a lot of times. Like, Facebook has, must have made it a that. I can't tell you how many times I see a Facebook message from a comic friend that's like, yeah, I just, uh, I'm doing a new, uh, what do you call it? Like, uh, what's a good example? I guess I don't want to say anything directly. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm, no I'm working with John C. Riley now. Like, I'm just saying, what uh, I'm saying is like, Facebook is uh, awash with people talking about their successes and um, stuff like that. Right. So I think that, they, you know, if, if you're not where you want to be or artistically, it can be difficult not to feel that way. Yeah, I mean, I, I've I've always kind of, I mean, yeah. There's moments where I'll I'll, you know, I'll be like, ooh, I should be further along, but I've never really felt um, necessarily jealous of other. I've never really felt jealous of other mm-hmm. success or or because um, I feel like there's room, for, not jealous necessarily. I think I've I'll be murderous. Would you? Say? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, like I want to kill him. <laughs> uh, no, I think just more like. Mm, is it is it jealous when you're just like kind of hard on yourself? No, yeah, like, like what I am I doing be, wrong? I yeah. should, yeah, what am I doing wrong? I should be because that looks fun, and yeah. I want to be. You know, Absolutely, I think that's um, a better way to take that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I I believe there's room for everyone. I don't mm-hmm. believe there's like only so many spots, especially now. Yeah, people um, keep having more and more babies. So there's more and more audience members. <laughs> that's that's right, and, and those are that's my demographic. Yeah, yeah. it's like birthed through eight year olds. They are you. I could Good see laughers. that. They but, do like me and old people. <laughs> yeah. uh, if you could just average that out, just like 40 year old now. Uh, but here, here's the thing. I think this is a good topic to discuss. I feel like we don't talk about it that much in the podcast, but like, you know, it strikes me. There's the one thing that you can do is write better jokes and get better on stage. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows that. But so much of comedy discussion has nothing to do with it. True. You know what I mean? And and I, I feel this way all the time. Like, oh, how could I get better booked? How could I? And I think a lot of times the things that I'm saying I should be doing, really I couldn't do. I mean, in other words, like, you know, there are certain people that are just so fantastic networky people that, mm-hmm. like, they can go find the, you know, they know how to talk themselves up. But really the only thing I think that I can control is, like, being more disciplined in my writing and going up more. But that's not what most of us talk about most of the time mm-hmm. in terms of, like, this is what you should be doing. Well, I, yeah, that's, I'm very interested in process right now, especially because I feel like I don't have a great process and I want, I agree. No, no, (laughs) I've seen you working (laughs) at a coffee shop. It looks (laughs) like a mess. It's (laughs) just, uh, you know, you're like, why is she using a tape recorder? (laughs) I didn't know they still made. Uh, yeah, no, I don't, I don't, um, I've, I feel like I've had a writer's block lately actually. And, uh, I was like, I think I need to take some shrooms or something. I need, yeah. I really need. No, it's just our producer can hook you up. Problem. I just need to, yeah, just yeah, <laughs> turn my shake, put my put my head in a blender. Yeah. <laughs> 
Watch it spin around in a beautiful oblivion. <laughs> uh, E6? Is that what we're... Is that, yes. I don't E6 know. Reference? They're all, they felt, all sound... That felt all right when you said E6. <laughs> but Why do I know that? But I, think, uh, I but don't know who's saying that. My feeling about a lot of this is that you end up watching other people and you can see their success. And I think the trap of that is I should do what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And I think that yeah. a lot of times it's like, no, because that's... They've found a way to be themselves in such a way yeah. that it's working for yeah. them. If, if you try to be that, yep. you're going to hurt yourself. Yeah. Basically, you know? all you have is who you are. Yeah. Right? And and that's that that's a really kind of liberating realization. It's like, yeah. oh, just tap into me. That's speaking, it. Speaking of who you are, have you always just had this good of a personality, <laughs> or did you have to cultivate what, it? That's my real question. About? No, everybody, you're literally the most likable person in the comedy scene. You guys, come on! I, I hope I hope I don't ruin your personality by making yourself conscious. Oh, oh, man, what if, what if this is the moment where Lisa moment? becomes evil? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Like I can see the horns because you're, in. but because you're kind to everyone, or at least. That I've ever known, and and you you also that, have a generous but sincere laugh, and so that's really nice when you're a comic on stage. And I mean, I've I've had you in the audience at shitty shows where it's like, thank God for Lisa, yeah. which really stands out. And also, even at a big show, you know, you can hear your laugh because it's like a good one, and it's it sounds genuine, and and it's like and and it comes at the at moments that you know you might be laughing at. I just recently was watching. I think it was Martha Kelly, and it. Was was at Cap City and she just at some point said thank you Lisa <laughs> <laughs> like for laughing people can I, I think yeah people yeah. I've had people say from stage Lisa gets <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I, there are people who have laughs uh, in, in, in the scene who um, laugh at things that are particular to them as well as other things but, but that you know like that might not be a good line in general or that they're projecting their stamp on it too a yeah lot of or that you like, know that they are choosing to laugh like mm. yours I feel like is maybe the only one that is loud and distinctive without being in any way like annoying or too shrill or anything but also like it seems to come from such a genuine place that that like and it's because you're laughing at at punchlines but you're also laughing at like interesting little nuanced things that like mm-hmm. you as a comic are getting or because you know that comic you know what i mean like yeah, yeah. and so I, anyway because of that i feel like you have the the best laugh you're kind to everyone <laughs> you're you're funny and it's like you're you're up there like just being delightful right so oh, my on. question Aaron, is Ariel's reading a prompt I'm so right. glad you guys <laughs> no, asked normally, me to do this podcast normally Jared really is, the, is the brown noser on this I podcast it, yeah. but but it's so but, well, kindness is so important to me because I'm so awkward and like I think everyone hates me and so like just oh come on well it's just one of the, you know I know that not everyone hates me but it's that that is my instinct to be like Oh, if if anything was awkward, it was me. You know. I think I do that too. We all yeah. do that. Well, that's probably true. So now I feel like an asshole. <laughs> well, I, I can. But say, I can. Oh, sorry, I mean, no, I know. I mean, I know people don't hate me. I, I feel no. like yeah. at least at this point in my life, you know, maybe I'm not the comic that I you know want to be yet. But and maybe that's what all these life experiences have done for me is that I appreciate appreciate people and and you have gratitude i have some gratitude yes i am i I got some gratties but before we go away from your personality do you know like has your personality evolved as you've gotten older or have you kind of always had um 
that kind of presence and 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 the kindness and you know do you know what I mean? Hmm. It's hard to 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 say that about yourself. Uh, well, I guess like is how, it something that you worked on? <laughs> I think. Um, I think. As long as you don't date me, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I was really afraid she was gonna be like, you know, I used to torture animals, but now it's changed. Therapy. Well, you know, you know, I save animals. I am uh, on uh, medication. No. <laughs> uh, no, you know, I don't. I think um, my role as a kid was, um, you know, there was like some sad, you know, some sad vibes in my home as a kid, and I, my role was to be the cheerer upper and mm-hmm. the yeah. and I don't know it's like how much of it is nature and nurture but I definitely sometimes like I've I mean I've I've had jobs working with children um children with disabilities I've mm-hmm. had jobs working with um animals and pet owners in low income communities and seeing a lot of you know really bad stuff and and that required me to have so much patience mm. and we get it. You're selfish. Okay. No, no well, and I surpri- <laughs> like I'm, I don't know where it comes from the yeah. patience that I have, but I can like objectively look at myself and go, damn, I don't know how you put up with that. <laughs> like, I really feel like I have. And well, this it, is yeah. good news because it sounds like your personality is not something you worked on. It mean, it sounds like it either came naturally and or from early experiences, which means that the rest of us don't have to work on our personality because it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just how you are. So. Uh, yeah, I There's nothing we can do about how awful we are. All right. <laughs> That's a relief. Uh, I feel, I, I don't I feel, feel like I'm a pretty good person. Like, I don't talk about this a lot, but I also save children and animals. I don't, I didn't want to say anything. I yeah. believe it. Mm-hmm. Don't. <laughs> um, I have don't a, I, oh, go ahead. But don't you feel like, I feel like there's a, a genuine supportive vibe in the Austin comedy community. Yeah. I, I don't come across a lot of a-holes. Let me, let me tell you, let me tell you this, Lisa's hilarious. Tell uh, me, you tell me. I'm going to tell you. Uh, I feel like uh, they're, Everybody's pretty nice. So there's not a lot of shitting on people. But when I think there's still a kind of social hierarchy. And sure. I mean there are certain people that are just nice as their way of being. Yeah. And then there are other people that are nice if selectively, you're... you know, it's not like they're shitty. It's I don't think they're like but it takes a while. There's certain comics in this town that you really have to, and I don't think they're dicks. I think it's more they don't have necessarily a lot of energy or you know generosity, and so they're like, "Look, I can't be nice to everybody. If I'm like, you know, if everybody wants something from me, I can't, you know." So you know what I interpret that as their own insecurities and yeah. social awkwardness. Yeah, and, and it's right. it's they think. You know, they're afraid Mm -hmm. to talk to people and that people don't like them. And I think in a way, my social, I had social awkwardness Mm -hmm. when I was younger. And and that's why I I think really think that's the main reason I did comedy, not to become a famous comedian. Yeah. But to to just be like a a fearless person in, in life situations. I think I, I mean I and then it that. turned into now I want to be a famous comedian and I, I think I also see it on stage because you look very relaxed on stage like you you look 
pretty. Um, I mean, even when people are competent on stage, there was a kind of like crackling energy of like every second. I don't know how this is going to go. Mm. Let's do this. You, you don't feel, you feel like really, uh, it feels like being in a room with you and you're just, it's conversational and like I said, very warm. I wanted to ask off of the last question, cause this is a pre-prepared question I had anyway. So this is very nicely segues is that as opposed to a prepared question. Yeah, no, it is a prepared question, but it's relevant. So I don't, I'm not like, oh, let's change the subject. I have a prepared question in this case. See, Ariel likes to ask if I'm dumb from time to time. I don't feel like I am. This all felt very (laughs) natural (laughs) and organic. (laughs) Um, But but yeah, so I'm curious. um, With women in comedy... It, there's this this notion that trust just trust no I am we just, just made a funny face yeah <laughs> with women in comedy there's this stereotype that because it's a kind of guy's world women have had to be assholes to to or more aggressive or more I'm gonna hit you first before you hit me or I'm you're gonna take me seriously to succeed and it seems like you don't have it. You are a pretty warm nice person and I'm curious did you say I'm not going to be a dick or I'm not I don't feel that need or did it just kind of it just doesn't occur to you and and that's how it worked well I can tell you that when I started comedy in New York as and I was young real young coming in on the scene and there was already the you know the clique that that was kind of already doing it and mm-hmm. there were some girls and there were there were a couple of women doing comedy that that were not warm to me at all and and you know I felt like they they were like you know like I was coming in invading their space and and I and then there were women that I met on the scene that were super warm and you know we were still best friends to this day and and I yeah I think naturally I'm a nice person to people and um, it's just easier to me to be a nice person than to be a jerk and um yeah, I, I I really appreciate. Uh, I think because you know I know how it feels to be the new person and 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 how awesome it is when someone is kind and welcoming and and. Um, I think it's the big the difference between people quitting and not quitting. Honestly, a lot of times people being nice to them. Well, because I think if anything, there's traumatic moments of vulnerability when you get off stage and like some and you're just not in those moments really resilient enough to deal with assholes but so I think the difference between you get off stage and do awfully um, you know and somebody's nice to you I think it's like okay well this is tolerable I can come back tomorrow yeah whatever it is yeah you know what's the best thing to say you probably have a good but like when someone comes off stage who who had like a noticeably bad set um what what would you say to that person? Just if you if they're kind of you know what I mean. So you it's don't like have a, to like not make you know what I mean. Because there's that thing where you're like, are we going to make eye contact? What am I going to do here? Um, I will. It's a good question. It's such a good question because it's such a tricky thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'll just. I think. Um, if if we're you know if we encounter each other, I'll say good set. I, I mean, I think I'll, I'll say good set because I um, or nice work or something. I'll, yeah. It's not it's not that I'm lying. It's just that I know it doesn't. One bad set is not a sign of being a bad comic. It's just and that's what it feels like. 
it's totally what it feels like. And I, yeah, I don't know. I just, cause I think it's just, it, it helps. It's yeah. just being supportive. It doesn't yeah. have to mean that was your best set ever, but yeah. just, Hey, you got up there and you did it. Nice job. Nice I, work. I think I want cause I want to say or something to people. High five. That makes yeah, sense. but I don't. Yeah, because I never want him to feel like, oh, I'm. Oh, she just always says good set, so right. it doesn't mean anything when I did have a good set. So True. I like the idea of like sometimes if if I'm comfortable with the person, I'll be like, oh man, <laughs> oh that was fun to watch you, do, you know, or something, you know, like, yeah, whatever. and that's appreciating yeah. who they are, and you can totally empathize. Yeah, yeah, like if it's someone I'm really close with, then yeah, yeah. I'll be like. But I think I will be like that audience sucks. Yeah, yeah blame like, it on the audience. Yeah, something like you, that. You can maybe focus on the good I stuff. Know. I think sometimes that works. Like, oh, I really that that was hard, man. But that one part that was good. But like, I like the idea of nice work, like to to someone, especially if you don't know them that well, of that becoming almost like good set has become it's a meme. You know, it's like that's what you say, you know, standard good set. But I think when someone had a rough set and they were they were up there working, I like the idea of that becoming a thing of like. Nice work, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, you battled that audience, yeah. you know, and everything that you had to go through <laughs> up there, and I appreciated what you did, you know? Like, yeah, I, yeah, I would like to. Now, now from here on out, anyone who heard this is going to know when we say nice work. That <laughs> but they just I would rather a- someone, <laughs> no, I, I would honestly rather someone look me in the eyes and acknowledge, like, hey, I watched what happened, and I'm not going to pretend that, you know, let's not fake it, but, like, but I st- it kind of if it can encompass like I still love you and think you're a good comedian and I'm with you like I would I would I would like that to be a thing like nice work because you know when you get off stage I mean I'm I know and I don't like people to say hey good set I'm like oh really come on man yeah, <laughs> like yeah just, I, I I like the idea that's that true. you like when something comes off you're like oh, it's a rough audience it's like we're at an open mic it's all of us yeah <laughs> like, we're a rough audience we are very rough. Or the next guy. Did you did you write us a note or yourself one? No, I didn't write. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Help. <laughs> Who was nice to you? Yes. When you started. Yes, um, Montgomery and I was um, Montgomery Wayne. I, I remember when I first showed up back in Austin. I guess it was two two summers ago, and yeah, and I just you know, and it was like I felt like I was starting over again in a way because I was it was there was all new comics and. I'm like starting in on a new scene and and he was just so he was so sweet and and yeah. welcoming and it makes a big difference it and does. that made uh, Michael Good was saying that I'm the new Monty. Are you? Yeah, because I taught a lot of new people but the thing is they talk about gra- ingratitude. I think that cuz this isn't just like I'm a bad person or whatever, but I sweat all the time like oh this person doesn't like me and that person doesn't <laughs> like me. And the truth is there's a bunch of people that do, but I'm I think participating in the kind of bad scene we have, the bad part of the scene that we have, which is that you sort of like try to make friends upwardly. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, because if it was completely on social hierarchy based, you'd see a lot more crossover. It's like, oh, that guy would, is hanging out with us. But it's, you know, you, you go to the mic and you'd like, okay, I got to talk to that person and I got to talk to that person. Right. I really want to make an effort not to do that. Yeah, at some point I just gave up doing that because... Yeah. I don't, you know, I, I like to talk to the people that I'm comfortable talking to and for, for various mm-hmm. reasons. And it just, I tried a million times and I was like, oh, this is not fun if I'm uncomfortable. So, but uh, yeah, yeah, Monty was so, you know, obviously nice to me. He was so nice to everyone. And, mm-hmm. and he was one of those people. And when he died and, and 
and we were all reflecting on that, it was something that really changed me. And that was when I started hugging people. As, and, and it's kind of a weird thing now, and it's, it's, it took on a life of its own. Um, really? So you weren't a hugger before? Well, my whole life I'd never been a hugger. Well, in my heart I was a hugger. Yeah. I mean, I was, I'm the huggiest, cuddliest person. But, but hugging people, it's, it's that moment when people are passing each other, and it's like, Ooh, who's all gonna hug and it was easier to present myself <laughs> you know what I mean it's easier to present myself as like oh I don't hug than to have to go through the potential rejection of what if Michelle hugs you know Brie and then Brie hugs and then you know what yeah, I mean yeah, yeah. Um, and so I remember one time when I was like maybe 15 or 16 years old and it was all the the, the church uh, group of, of women my of girls my age and then we had like one or two leaders who were you know in their you know maybe mid to late 20s and they this I don't know why, why we're talking about this but someone was talking about hugging and this adult leader said something about she was like well yeah I mean normally I would hug everyone now of course I know Ariel's not a hugger so I wouldn't hug her and, and it broke my heart first of all she was kind of hot so I like, was like you definitely should hug me but um, but it was I was like oh people like now that's a thing that I'm not a hugger right um, it's a lot of stress too yeah, but then in Austin, or in, or when in Boston, you know, whatever, in comedy scenes, there's all these people, there's these hierarchies, there's like, are we going to handshake, are we going to head nod, are we going to say hi, are we going to hug? And I was just like, you know what, it's just easier if I would just hug everybody, mm-hmm. and that way there's no question, and it's not like... Um, a hierarchy thing and and then that way if I just go for the hug like you know what let yourself be re- it be rejected first of all no one's going to reject you and yeah. and it would like let the other person be the asshole you yeah, know it, just, or let me let me be the like dork I guess yeah. yes I yes. just do a nice when I leave just a 30 second French kiss each person yeah gets that I got burned with well, the burp, I feel like so. you've left me out. I, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> you uh, slipped me the tongue on the way out. <laughs> uh, I, I said that absurdly, not thinking about how gross it would be. Lisa's making that noise, by the way. I like, yeah. I feel like people would assume it show. was me. It did sound like Jared. Yeah, <laughs> thank you for giving me credit. <laughs> um, but yeah, so be and nice it, to everybody. Yeah, be yeah, nice, everybody. One. It's easier. That's it's easier. It, and if I, if anyone came to me and said, you know, if I started my advice show and people are like, how do I get over my social fear? I would just say, focus on the other person. Just you be nice to them. And yeah. that's that actually takes a lot of pressure off well, of you. Well, there's another aspect, which I think that... That sounds so good in theory. That's what Katie says, yeah. too. <laughs> what does that oh, mean? <laughs> Or like if let's say you're on an awkward date, you know, mm-hmm. just ask, start and you're like, oh God, I don't know. What, I don't know what to say. Where'd my personality go? Just start asking them questions. Yeah. But that's. But what you do is hard. Um, what I mean, you do is hard to achieve, I think. And because uh, I was going to say, it would be one thing if what people were surrounded by was mean people. And then all of a sudden, oh, this is a nice person. But people are not surrounded by that. They're surrounded by a bunch of disingenuous nice like please like me nice mm-hmm. you know what I mean mm-hmm. especially if and I you know this is all relative so, but I feel like especially for a lot of our listeners you're high up there on the comedy sort of stuff you know and me, me yeah yeah <laughs> absolutely absolutely no question uh, but so I age wise like that's that's <laughs> what I meant no 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 but I feel like uh, you know I think that it's hard to be like okay how do I be nice to this person without them thinking I'm yeah. doing it to be liked or to get yeah, something yeah if it from is them. someone above you mm-hmm. yeah 
that is that is difficult. So I guess what I'm saying is that I think the fact that people respect you as a person that's nice to everybody, it's it it's because people can sense bullshit and they don't get that from you. Yeah. Hmm. So that would be another compliment. Oh okay. gosh, guys! <laughs> I was like, "Oh, you're just giving me a compliment." That's that's what this whole thing is about now. Ah, this is a great podcast. I love this. <laughs> uh, please rate us and review. <laughs> okay, if I can figure out how to listen, <laughs> we're gonna have a gift basket at the end of this that you don't. <laughs> I hope there's a fo- car phone charger in there. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I actually might have something in my truck for at least one of you. Well, I, have a, I have a practical question. Okay. Getting into some uh-huh. practical. Are you doing the contest? Oh, it's like, I, I, you know what? I was really thinking about it this time. Mm-hmm. And I was going to do it just for, you know, it's good stage time. Um, you know, pretty much that. It's good stage time, yeah. get a good tape. And then I realized yesterday that I missed it. Uh-huh. And I wonder if I could just... I don't, and then I'm like, oh, maybe I could just send Margie an email and ask her if I can do a late sign up. But this will come out way after that, so you could probably you should try it. But then think. again, I don't know. I don't know because last year I didn't mm-hmm. on purpose. I've never liked. I've always yeah. had a uh, kind of never liked the idea of the competition. Not like in a big philosophical way. Just I, I don't know, and maybe because I did it years ago. Mm-hmm. And I kind of feel like uh, it just seems kind of almost pathetic for me to do it at this point. It seems like a, <laughs> it seems like a newer person thing. I do have to admit, and if only for this reason, which is that the cost benefit analysis for a new person, it's way like, of course, do it. Right. What do you have to lose? It's good it's exposure. Exactly. Um, and it's not to say that I think that if you you have a lot to lose if you are have been doing it for longer, but it's sort of like a lot of what you would get you already have which is the clubs know who you are that's a big well one. that's not necessarily really? true okay. yeah no Can you speak to that a little bit like do you feel like people who are like four five six years in or more do they do you feel like it's still a really valuable thing for them to do or not not so much yes i do and i do think it would actually probably be valuable for me to do mm-hmm. I, I don't think that i'm above it in any way i think maybe it's just a little bit like you think it's embarrassing maybe I feel a little embarrassed to do it because I did it back in 04 and 05 and you kind of feel like oh it's not I don't that's know not my time now or something like that or I, it's probably leftover kind of self I get that. Uh, you know it feels I like know. going to prom play <laughs> kind of yes that's a good that's a good way to put it um but I also do feel like I'm I'm still out there working and yeah. trying to become a better comic and I you know, and, and I came here two years ago very rusty because mm-hmm. I hadn't been performing my, much. No, I, see, I see you on shows all the time. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I need to get out more. I want to get out more. Um, but I'm definitely performing way more in the last two years here than I did in the last five years in mm-hmm. New York. So going back to New York, I mean, I know you were on and off and stuff, but I mean, did you get to a point where you were um, working the clubs or like, how did it even work back then? I didn't even know if there would be like shows Mm. as we know them or whatever. Um, Back then, I I would get booked sometimes. I would get to do late shows at Stand Up New York. Hmm. Yeah. but not really. Like I, I didn't. I mean, sometimes I would do Boston Comedy Club, which was in the Village. Um, but I wasn't. 
I didn't really work the clubs too much. Bo- Boston <laughs> Comedy Club is in New York. It, it's okay. in New York. Okay. Oh yeah, it it, um, it was. It's not anymore. Um, okay. It was right around the corner from the Comedy Cellar, and that's the Comedy Cellar and Dangerfields are the two comedy clubs in New York that I've never performed in. I never did the cellar. I was always super intimidated to even try. Really? Um, is it just a hard room or? Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't even know how you get past there and to get to get regular spots. But um, yeah, I. Uh, so I'm trying to think of. Yeah, I mean, I just sort of did a lot of room, like once, and I hate to use the term alternative comedy, but that's what it was in the ninety. You know, mm-hmm. in the late nineties, it was. It was something other than the the regular comedy clubs. Yeah. Um, so I just started doing a lot of those shows. Um, um, but my recent time in New York, um, even though I was I was I was going to school, and then I actually got a job working for the ASPCA. That 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 took me off. This that really was a very involved job, and mm-hmm. I stopped pretty much performing on a regular basis. But. Um, but in there, I started doing a show uh, with a friend of mine, Arden Marin, who, uh, and she, she and I had known each other for years, but we kind of crossed paths again, and we started a show called The Party Machine in, <laughs> in Brooklyn, and we did that for three years, and that really got me back into the scene, because mm-hmm. um, I moved back to New York from Austin in 2007. Gotcha. And I was there from 07 to 2000. That's like 15. a Martha Kelly thing, but in the Martha Kelly and, and I have very similar trajectories. Yeah. That's interesting. I also met Martha back in LA in the 90s oh, at wow. the Pedersons Open Mic. Um, oh, yeah. So yeah, we we go back to that. It's funny because the, the Austin thing. Although I guess she never lived in New York, but. <clears throat> But the moving back and forth, yeah. I'm so grateful that she did that because I don't feel like I, I'm not the only crazy person doing that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the party machine, that kind of, I felt like put me back on the, I don't want to say on the map. Yeah, but you, it, it, you were involved. Back in the community. I was back been, involved, yeah. yeah. And uh, and that was, I think that kind of got me, got, got me bit by the bug again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And It's a drug. <laughs> Honestly, away from everything else, just the idea of not doing it. I I get weird and like panicky if the idea is like won't be like. Honestly, it's why I haven't gone home in so long. Because hmm. I'm like, I don't want to. I can't afford it to is, go back for four days. It is weird to take a few days off, yeah. but it, it gets it gets easier yeah. to to do that. Yeah, I and mean, I guess it's healthy. But I think that. But for me, before it was like. If I took time off, it was time where I, you know, it wasn't, I'm just taking a break. It was, maybe this is what I should be doing. Mm -hmm. Well, I just feel like I can sleep when I'm famous. So (laughs) there'll be time enough for sleeping when we're famous. So I want to get some idea. um, Oh, when we're dead. Yeah, it's probably (laughs) more than (laughs) that. That's what they say. Um, If I don't become famous. Because we we should (laughs) uh, we should move toward an end soon um, so that I can go to Thai Fresh with Katie. But she just turned in the keys at our old apartment. And what does that mean? (sighs) We moved, and you know it's been a lot of work. Moving. Celebrate with some Thai food. Yes, Yes. all of that sounds good. Everything. I have a coupon. Okay, so coupon (laughs) coupon. Um, I just like saying coupon instead of. Wait, mm. no, wait, coupon's yeah. a silly one. Never mind. I don't even no, know anymore. No, coupon's the coupon? silly one. Coupon's weird. Coupon no, is coup- good. Coupon is what I've always said. Coupon is correct. 
What's one's correct? I shouldn't say correct. It's the more common. Which one is? Coupon. Coupon. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, now I don't even know what it... I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to have to call my mom and ask her about coupon. About... I somehow yeah, not say the word. Coupon is... Yeah, definitely. Coupon is I think my mom word. says coupon. <laughs> is that not... Is that weird? It's, just, it's disgraceful. It's sort of like realtor and real... real realtor. Realtor. Yeah. Or, or, hair, or nuclear or, or harassment. Well, that's, that's... Well, harassment is just British people are dumb. N- well, no one's arguing that. Yeah. Of course they are. But I'm just, I mean, that's one of, you'll hear it every once in a while. I'm definitely, feel, it, here's a, if it's not British, that's even worse. Cause it feels like yeah. some, some well, that's Americans, a pretension. that's what yeah, I mean. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, so, so I mean, all I know is like, okay, you're on, what's it called? The, the podcast or radio show. That's, that's big. That you, oh, the Doug loves movies. Douglas, oh, you were on Douglas movies. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I don't, I also don't know anything. <laughs> you're on Douglas movies. Um, like how did that happen? Uh, you know how that happened here? That happened because mm-hmm. I featured for Doug Benson oh. way back when, when I lived here before, in like okay. probably 2006 and at Cap City. And uh, and then I bumped into him again uh, it, in, in Austin for South by last year when he was doing At Midnight because my pal Arden, who I'd done the party machine with, mm-hmm. she was doing at midnight. So I was hanging out with her and I ran into Doug and he was like, hey, do you want to do my podcast? Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> probably, I'm probably going to suck. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's so fun. It's just like, you know, you just are in this world for a, uh, long enough and yes. you're, you're nice to people and you just, op- random opportunities just present themselves at random times. That's my whole plan is yeah, to just, just be around forever, be happens. nice to people, have pictures of dead dogs on the internet. Every now and George then. George Carlin. Then mm-hmm. I'm George Carlin. And then if I'm good at comedy, then like, yeah. I mean, that's, What's that there like? you go. <laughs> that's, I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping to find out. Here's a, here's a question that I want to start a- adding to people. How often do you do comedy in a week? Mm, it, lately, um, <clears throat> four or five times. Mm-hmm. Lately, like four or five nights, four or five nights. Yeah. Yeah. Four or five nights. And and that's great. Yeah. I I need to do more mics though, because I feel like I'm not doing enough mics and I need, I want, I want to generate more material. And I feel like going to mics is what makes me write new stuff. I'm in the, yeah, that, that makes sense. But yeah, that's weird. I hadn't thought about parsing it out like that because I think that's right. Like I think mics make you write more stuff, but they're not great tests for if that stuff works. Yeah. You need the mix. Yeah. Yeah, You need the mix. I mean, I throw new stuff in, in shows, but it depends on the show. And then it's also like harder to throw in just bigger new things. Like, yeah. yeah. And do you guys, cause I'm very interested in in everyone's process. Do Mm -hmm. you guys have like a a writing schedule? And, And by writing, I mean focused. No mind on I do but it doesn't I mean so when I have a weekday off of work and sometimes that happens um, once a week sometimes it happens twice a week I will usually wind up spending several hours at the coffee shop um but sometimes it's weird. It's like I might be free writing. I might be looking through old notebooks and being like, oh, I could combine this with this and I could try this thing here and I could like do this set this way. Or, you know, sometimes I just wind up researching some the sexual habits of spiders or something that and then, you know, um, so it's like, quote unquote, writing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't that's know what I mean by writing. I would love to have 
some better you know what I really want to start doing is writing with other comics because I think and with one other comic at a time but it's every time I've tried to do it we wind up spending 90% of the time just gossiping or talking yeah. about yeah. Yeah. so I, I would like to figure out who has a <laughs> schedule that works with mine yeah. where we can wind up Oh, go ahead. Go and ahead. You should set a timer. Uh, yeah, twenty-five minutes at a time. Yeah, without interruption. Uh, I've had like two or three people in the last like three or four months, let's say, ask me like uh, I wanted to get, I wanted to write, and I always was like, yeah, I'll hang out with you. Like, yeah, of course. Like, because yeah. I know that's all that, that means. Well, um, that's the problem. Like, <laughs> for sometimes you might be being like, I just want to be friends with someone, and I'll just ask to write. But I'm like, no, I don't want. I think that's. I mean, I would like right. to be friends with people, but I'm like, no, no. no. I really think that like I would write so much better if I was bouncing ideas off of someone. Mm-hmm. Here's here's my guess. I think if we if you didn't do it with two people, mm-hmm. I'm not saying you specifically, but like I. So I've written jokes with people before that worked, and it was three to four people in the room. Yeah, a bit because I feel like it feels like you're if you divert, it, you feel a little bit more like conspicuous an and ashamed. Yeah, or yeah, like an asshole. Whereas if I do it with just another person, I'm always thinking I'd rather just write by myself. Yeah, okay. uh-huh. you know what I, mean? I think. I mean, I think what about a, what about a writers group where you have to show up with so many prepared premises? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this that is you want idea. to help kind of form into something. That's not a bad idea if we have it structured. It's hard to like think of who. Like like a class almost where who you would can show we, up with just some stuff to show the class argument. yeah but so so like with comics who are all cool and, and whatever and like but mean don't bring them. no, no I know but like how do you them. find the right people because I, I feel like three people is all <laughs> I wanted this Joe Teller it's, especially <laughs> if well especially if you're each person's preparing stuff and you're gonna go around and be like okay my turn and like let's work on my stuff and then we'll take your turn you can't have that many people true mm-hmm. um, yeah so just don't ever like more than like three people yeah, more than three would feel just, a little too much. It would. Yeah. Like this is a nice. This is yeah. a good. We're writing now. Everything in this podcast is recorded. So I have so many jokes go out of this. Um, yeah, I'm oh. gonna steal that Trader Joe's. <laughs> so I feel like let me please do. Let me, let me talk from the amateur perspective. Let me do that real quick because I feel like that would maybe some people who are listening would uh, sympathize or empathize or whatever. I don't think I'm good enough to write. Now let me explain. I find when I write, I cannot do it on stage. Oh. And I feel like the problem I'm having, here's where I am with my writing process. Now, mm-hmm. it has generated, what, I, what I've said before, and I, this is true, it's generated ideas. But if I try to write out stuff, even if I think it's funny and I on the page, it's so hard for me to take that stuff, go on stage. Oh, I almost, I even get excited, which I think double makes it bad. Because you know when you're like, this is going to be great. This is going to be my new big bit. And then you go to the open mic and it tanks. So I think that, most of my jokes that I've worked have been just kind of like I thought I'm in conversation just a basic joke and I take it on stage and I can kind of like over a period of months do it on stage and add tags I'm not saying sitting down and writing is not good but for me it's almost I'm at a point of discouragement because it's like if I think of stuff if I write down like three Mm -hmm. or four pages no you have to figure out what because I used to write it all out, you know, mm-hmm. very whatever, and then it would be funny, but yeah. it gets stilted. And no, so, no, I, I want to be clear. I'm not, I mean the jokes themselves, like not because I because I couldn't, I could never do that. I right. can't just write stuff out and recite it. Yeah. I, I, it's not even like, oh, I'm too proud. I can't remember it. What I mean is, is that the jokes that I write yeah. from just sitting down and writing. But what all are you writing out if you were writing out a joke? Oh, the 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 crux, the the, what, okay. the, the that. The but setup, don't you usually the setup, the this, exactly? So the, the the if I come up with something from 
conversation or whatever, those jokes end up usually translating. Like, oh, this is funny. Yeah. That'll work. If I sit down and write a joke or write tags, I, I have not to this day written one, like had one. I've had, again, like ideas. And, and don't worry. I mean, I'm at a point now where I can go on stage. So I was doing that thing about like, I want to kill billionaires or yeah. whatever. That kind I mean, it, it, you know, I would get laughs here and there or, and stuff like that, but it just would not... And that I've had a that was a sort of piece that, that you had written out, and I had I have done like six or seven of those, and none of those have ever made it to my my act mm, because yeah. they just are never strong well, enough. Well, I do think everyone's different mm-hmm. as far as the way they write jokes, and and I but for me when I use the word writing, mm-hmm. I what I the term I that I um, prefer is focused creative thought that's good yeah I like that Uh, because it's not it's just because my mind is on you know our minds are on the monkey wheel or whatever you (laughs) I don't know what that Uh, means at all but I like that yeah Yeah, that's like a Buddhist you know monkey mind we have monkey mind that's it the the hamster wheel monkey mind I combine them Uh, uh, you know just there's always just dumb crap going on in my mind I don't know about this monkey thing tell me about the monkey thing just the 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 the, the busyness of our yeah. minds on on the dumb stuff that doesn't mean anything. Okay, okay. Every yeah. day it's yeah. just We're bombarded just by the yeah. constant conversation, meaningless yeah. plot, yeah. Chatter. Uh, yeah. chatter, chitter chatter. There's a lot for me. A lot of boners in there. Like a lot of time. plenty of boners. Not, not, I don't need that. No, yeah. not as many. <laughs> <laughs> Got to weed out the bad boners. <laughs> yeah, and get to the good boners. Which is which is what I'm talking metaphor. about with comedy. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think for me, if I just show up, and and it could be just <coughs> sorry, uh oh, uh oh, cough it. <coughs> the thought that I had, you know, a thought that I had started working on in at an open mic. Mm-hmm. <coughs> you can take it from the. <laughs> Do you really need a moment? No, I'm fine. Yeah. Okay. So that, I think just having, um, even if it's just, you know, in my house or at the coffee shop, Mm -hmm. just giving my, and I like the 25 minute timer. That works for me. I think I have a little bit of an ADD. What's the purpose behind that? Like just to like, you got to make it 25 minutes. Because it's something that I read. It's called the Pomodoro technique. Mm -hmm. It's like a way of, um, I don't know. You mean without like changing uh, activities? Without looking at your without looking oh, at Facebook, no. without looking at yeah. your phone. It's not preventing you from going too long. It's preventing you from going too short, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. preventing yeah. you from getting distracted from the focused creative thought. You can do another 25 minutes, you know, take a moment and then have another 25 minutes. Well, yeah, I, just break any large kind of task into 25-minute components because it, it doesn't feel too overwhelming. Yeah. And it doesn't, but it's also long enough for you to stay with it because yeah. we don't stay with our thoughts. When I read I something in college that said you should do that for the opposite reason too. So it's the same amount of time, but that if you read for too long, you're, there's a certain diminishing return in time. Yeah, so if your you read attention for, span is yeah. like 20-ish minutes. If you read yeah. for like 30, uh, or sorry, like three hours, the the most of the productive reading will have happened in that first Well, like, that makes me feel good because there's this romantic idea people have of like reading with a fireplace for three hours. And I'm like, yeah. that is not. I cannot do it gonna no. happen for me you could like take a break walk around yeah yeah and do some jumping jacks mm-hmm. and, yeah um uh so well that let, me, okay. I I had a, keep going yeah. let's all do a writing group together sometime um i'm down 
Yeah. I, t- I would love it. What's your skin? Well, <laughs> 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 when do these animals get taken care of? Um, so let's see. Let, let's go through some of our... Oh, who are some of your... Um, if you had to pick three comedians you love. Oh, yeah. It doesn't have to be your top. They're just three. Who comes to mind? Paul F. Tompkins, Maria Bamford. Uh, oh... Todd Berry always makes me laugh. Excellent. Those three. Fantastic. You know what? Movie. I feel like I haven't listened to uh, that much Paul Tompkins, so that's going to be my he, next. Well, love he has, him. He has like four awesome albums on okay. Spotify right now. Excellent. Yeah, yeah well, that's he's what I'm just use, fantastic. So. Also, yeah. just a great person. Really? Yeah. You've met him? Yeah. He, yeah. he, he seems nice. I've heard yeah. several people said, say that. That's tell him we said hi. I just, if yeah, he, yeah. I sure will. I think Le- he's going to like Leading it. the Blind Podcasts, yes, you know. <laughs> we'd love to have him on. So. great. Uh, and then do you want to ask your fairy yeah, guest? Yeah, I got, I got two questions, right? So, okay. Uh, and you can, anyway. Um, one <clears throat> is if you could give just g- a piece, what's your favorite piece of general advice to open mic comics? Um, so that's one. Oh, oh, let's just go with that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I would say one, don't worry about what the other comics think. Oh, that's good. Um, you know, and, you'll it'll all come out in the wash like just keep doing it and and that's easier said than done yeah but i know i know that was my first hurdle yeah it was i couldn't loosen up because i was so concerned about it but then i found out they were concerned about what the other comics thought um Mm -hmm. and um and just do it just know that you're in it for the long haul you know don't don't worry about where you should be at a certain point. Don't just don't worry about that. Just if you keep working and and, and have a and have a um, a practice. You have to be in the practice. That's and and that's just you'll feel better mentally. And can you say more about that? That that you said the practice. What do you mean by that? Um, just like going to the gym. You know. Yeah. St- don't yeah don't don't stop. I would say don't do what I did. You know, I would say don't stop and start. If you know, I mean, pretty much to me, if you've started doing comedy, I mean, there's a few exceptions. Some people, they're they're really going to be able to stop and find something else that they feel passionate about and they won't miss it. But I think for the most part, if you've started doing stand-up comedy, mm-hmm. you're kind of you're kind of in it for the long haul. Yeah. yeah. If that's kind of what you feel in your gut, then. Yeah. Um, and the second says really good, nice answer, brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like surprisingly few people have said that first part. There's, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just want to. And that's comment. a big thing. That's. I feel like I just still struggle with. Well, that. there's just so many comics other. that like are rooting for other comics to quit. It's pretty insane. Because mm-hmm. the, who? Oh, oh, <laughs> no. I don't. I, yeah. <laughs> it's. Uh, they want the good ones to stop. To stop. No, no. They want. In other words, it's like wow, you've been doing comedy for three years and you're not on. Not funny yet. Yeah, listen. You need to quit. Come on, no. Yeah, there's yeah, just that's so much. Not, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, and okay, and then uh, second one is if you could change anything about Austin comedy, magic wand, so you get your druthers. What would it be? Hmm. That's really. Maybe we should start telling people this question before they come. Yes, Maybe. Uh, you, you Do people right, right. pause for a long time? Yeah, that's Sometimes. fine. I, yeah. We, and if we, I could change We can edit anything. out the day or so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, I don't... I Honestly, I... I really can't. <laughs> I mean, it, it's just perfect. <laughs> well, to give an example, like, we've had everything from 
more mics, more shows, less mics, more shows. Yeah, yeah so to, it doesn't have to be to, like a big but thing. To also like uh, an urban club or, um, I don't know, can you think of another one? Pat Dean said uh, only white people. I only white, the, in, no, stuff no. like that. You know, <laughs> right. Oh, funny answers. Damn it, I always <laughs> no, forget no. about the funny answers. <laughs> no, I don't usually. think anybody's been funny, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, on this podcast at all. Yeah, we don't no, prefer. <laughs> Pat Dean's is funny. Well, I meant about this. Yeah. Which I oh, sure. oh. Yeah. Uh, I really can't... Um, I can't think of anything. Uh, I, I think the Austin comedy scene is is a just—it's really a great place to to grow and work and develop your practice. Um, <clears throat> what do you guys think? Uh, more Lisa Delario. I mean, <laughs> oh yeah, that would be my answer too. Uh, certainly, if we could. Um, make more money here that would be great oh, okay yeah no that's a good one that's well, a good one and I forget about that yeah. my parents don't <laughs> yeah. well wh- what um, Christina Parrish sort of resisted the question I think she was very thoughtful about it and she was sort of like I don't feel comfortable uh, really answering it I mean, in her Christine Parrish way, she said this, like, because, like, I should be doing something to change it, if that's how I feel. And actually, that's why, for me, my part, that's what I think this podcast is. Because mm-hmm. my feeling is, this is Ariel's idea, by the way, so I'm not taking credit for that. But what I was really excited about is that I was like, you do not get advice in this. Now, you might get advice from a person if you if you make friends with them, but, like, there is a disconnect and I, after talking to Matt Bearden, especially, I think this, it's just because the scene's grown so much. There's a disconnect between newer comics coming into it and older comics, such that you'd have older comics, more seasoned comics, on Facebook sort of complaining about the activities of newer comics. Like, they're doing these shows wrong. And I was like, it's like tell they, us. It's like, they would love to not. I promise you. They would. Right. You know, somebody was like, all these shows, you've got to stop doing shitty shows. It's like, yeah, there's no, if the top comics in this industry, in this town, in this scene, uh, put I mean, not that they're going to, if they put out a press release and they were like, do it this way, don't do it that way, nobody's going to be like, what the fuck do they know? I'm six months in. So I think what I want to see is just generally cultivating a community where people who are really trying to make, like who are new, have a sense of guidance or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I think people are afraid to ask for advice and people are afraid to give advice. Yeah. 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 Um, <clears throat> but you right. conquered your fear here today. Yes, I know. Good you job. gave advice. It was great I advice. I did. I yeah. did. I hope it doesn't lead anyone <laughs> <laughs> down the wrong path. <laughs> <laughs> That's really scary. Just the idea of, uh, just cut to news program. And three are dead today at a yes. comedy club. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. If people die over our podcast. Oh. That'd be so awesome. Yeah. Ariel's like mm-hmm. really powerful. Um, so, oh, and then our last question question is just what's a joke uh one of your jokes that's one of your a joke that you like that and and do you remember how you wrote it or how it came to you mm, boy a baby a joke that i like huh <laughs> <laughs> well can i tell a joke that i used to tell that i i i wish i could could of still tell. Yeah. Of course, yeah, it's so old. Like, and it can be. It I, was one of my favorite jokes, but I had to retire because it, it was. Yeah. I wrote it so long ago. Sure. Um, but it was my joke about um, seeing, and this is something that I did see: was a dog in a stroller mm-hmm. in New York, and I said, you know, lucky dog, and the woman said, well, he's paralyzed, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and then I couldn't get it out of my mind, and 
And then I thought about how if I were eight years old, I would love to have my own paralyzed dog. And, <laughs> and then, you know, just the, your stuffed animal is cute, but it's not alive. And then you finally get a living, breathing pet and then it won't sit still. <laughs> so then I think of opening a business called Paralyzed Pets. <laughs> and then the, <clears throat> the slogan would be all of the loving and none of the running. <laughs> but <laughs> you guys, uh, please tell that joke every now and then. Yeah, that's <laughs> just, great. I mean, I left some parts out too. Like there's yeah. the, the logo with the schnauzer in a tuxedo on crutches. But yes. <laughs> um, and did you, so when you were, okay, so the idea came from something that happened in real life, which is something that you do see, especially in New York is dogs and in crazy shit and, and strollers. strollers. Yeah. And, and it's just like, that's so me. Like, yeah. and that's, and I think every person did feel like that as a kid. Like mm-hmm. we all wanted our animal to just like stay still so we could just both worlds. hug it and yeah. put and, clothes on it. And with you know. all the, the tags and the ideas that you built on, um, is that something that you sat down and wrote at all? Or are those all things that came on stage or what? Mm, that one, um, well, it was so long ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like jokes just came to me back then. You know, when, like, mm-hmm. in or the when beginning. you're talking to someone, did you, you know, tell a friend about it? And then maybe you guys are just like, yeah, I, th- I was telling a friend about it actually. And yeah. I do remember saying, like, oh man, like, when I was a kid, that would, I think how awesome that would be to have your own paralyzed dog. And then I was like, oh. A business. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, then, and then I think the business idea came later. Like, And then did you write that down? And that, do you, you know what I mean? Or like if you have a conversation like that and you say something funny, do you write that down? Uh, yes, I do. I mean, ideally, I feel mm-hmm. like there's, I've lost a lot of great ideas because I didn't write them down enough. And mm-hmm. I'm, and I do feel like I've kind of lost that. I, I'm trying to get it back. I'm trying to get that back where I'm, and I and I do think it comes it you know comes in waves. Yeah. And I oh this is something I was going to say earlier. And I, I hate this about myself. And maybe you guys have this, but it's I feel like when I get into that mode where I'm like cruising and ideas are coming and it's like, oh that could be a jo- that yeah. could be a jo- things that you were right in front of you and mm-hmm. all of a sudden you're yeah. seeing them as jokes and like yeah. humorous and that's when I get lazy. Mm-hmm. That's when I go, oh I guess I can watch Netflix now because I'm so we, it'll be so easy. Here's yeah, to pull these jokes out of the here's yeah. here's what blows me away about that. Which, because a very similar thing happens to me. You know how a wave is structured, like how you know, like that yep. physics class or ninth grade, you know, that kind of trough and peak. I know and the shape. Like that. Yeah. Well, just being clear, just being clear. <laughs> no, that's, that's all. I know. <laughs> uh, well, there, there's a through line. Hills and valleys. Yeah, exactly. That's all I wanted to say. No, there's a through, there's a, there's a through line to me of productivity, yeah. and it doesn't. Uh, it, when I'm feeling that, oh my god, that could be a joke. That could be. A, more of those don't work right there's a bit. than the ones the when it's when i'm kind of hmm. oh that may be true yeah it was interesting like there's because yeah. you can certainly it's i mean i don't i don't do cocaine but just let's in there no but you get uh, but, no, you do get a lot of when that dopamine fueled like you make more false positives you yes, make more connections lo- but yeah. more of them are false positives. Yeah, and you're like oh this is this is brilliant oh i've got a lot of nonsense notebooks yeah from, yeah so so i think sometimes it's like the i think the word you kept using practice which is it's more about just keeping it up rather than waiting for those moments where you just feel like yeah. I'm hilarious and these are all gonna work or inspiration like versus perspiration yeah 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 you gotta show up I think for me I have to show up and spe- and I love when I have a deadline that really yeah really helps me kicks it into high gear 
Well, thanks for showing up here today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice bow. Yeah. Nice button. But thanks, Thank Lisa. you, guys. Was this yeah. was really fun, I feel. Yeah. I hope I can fit out the door with my big head <laughs> with all those compliments. Well, that's great. Thank well, you. Good. This was... Yeah. yeah, thanks. Peace be with you. And also with you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys. Thanks for sticking uh, with us and listening to the whole thing, even though you could be listening to you know a three-and-a-half-hour-long Joe Rogan podcast or something right now. I recently deleted all of those from my... Uh, podcast feed as I realized it was ruining my life. Anyway, uh, no disrespect to Joe. Uh, please, uh, please take me on tour with you, Rogan. Um, but I uh, hope you enjoy Lisa's episode. And if you do want to follow her on Twitter, it's at Lisa Delarios. She's making it easy, being professional. Also tonight, tonight, April 20th, 420, you can see her at the Velveeta Room at 7 p.m. as part of the Moon Tower Comedy Festival. Uh, she's on a show called Austin Towers. Um, uh, also on that show, friend of the podcast, Kath Barbadoro. And then if you stay at the Velveeta Room, you can see me at 9 p.m. as in a part of another Moon Tower comedy show at the Velve. It's uh, the gay show. It's called By Felicia. I don't know why. And it is hosted by Daniel Webb, another friend of the podcast. Also, Karina Magyar's on it. Hey, look at all these friends we've got. Anyway, I hope you join us uh, tonight and next week. Thanks, guys. International.